Hello, and welcome to Let's Talk MedTech, the premier podcast for the medical device and diagnostics industry. My name is Omar Ford, and I'm the managing editor of MDDI, an online publication owned by Informa that covers MedTech and the diagnostics sector. This is going to be a great episode because we're having one of the very first conversations ever with Zimvi CEO, Vafa Jamali. Zimvi, as you know, is the dental spine business that was spun out of Zimmer Biomed. Well, today, or March 1st, 2022, depending on when you hear this, Zimvi is going to be public and trading on the NASDAQ. Yes, that's right. It's such an exciting time for Vafa. And he joins us to discuss Zimvi's goals, how both of these unique segments will work together, the role Zimmer Biomet will play in the company going forward, and we'll also get Vafa's take on all of these spinouts and spinoffs that have been occurring in MedTech over the last few months. It's an exciting conversation, so let's get started. Let's talk MedTech with Zimvi's Vafa Jamali. Well, Vafa, thanks for being a part of Let's Talk MedTech. I really appreciate you being here. There's some great things coming uh, down the pipe for Zimvi and really interested to talk about it today. Uh, it's great to be here, Omar. I'm, uh, I'm thrilled uh, to be talking to you this morning. Right. Yes, yes. So Zimvi is, is public now, separate from Zimmer Biomet. You're listed on the NASDAQ. Let's talk about that. I, I'm very excited about seeing a new player in the mix. And I'm wondering if you can go back and talk a little bit about some of the factors that caused Zimmer Biomet to, to, to spin out Zenvi. Sure. So that's a great question. So when you look at, uh, you know, large um, multi-divisional companies, and, and I'll just stick to uh, to MedTech, but you'll see it in other sectors as well. Just like everyone else, they, they really need to, to give focus to what they believe is their core and will drive the most value for them. So it's not uncommon to find great assets or great opportunities within these companies that are not part of that focused um, you know, entity that the, the company is, is driving towards. Within Zimmer, it was really, really um, orthopedics where, where their focus was. So they would, where they would disproportionately spend their energy and focus on, uh, on hips and knees. And, and, and that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I would do the same thing in that case. However, it, it does um, open up opportunities for, for someone like me. So uh, I've, I've seen this before in big companies, and, and really you do find that the, the greatest opportunity within entities like this, the ones that are not being focused on, is that you know, they typically can't attract the greatest talent, um, nor can they fund the priorities the, in a way that's really ideal for them. So you, you typically find you know, not the best talent, um, and also the opportunity to, uh, to to maybe spread the the funding a little bit more uh, directly. So I think right now what happens is you get you get this the any funding that the parent gives them spread pretty thinly and evenly across all aspects of the company, which is the exact opposite of what the big parents doing when they're you know feeding the the core the focus area over the uh, over the other one. So. It, it's it just provides great great opportunities for uh, for growth and, and rejuvenation. Yeah, that's that's interesting. That's very interesting. So going forward, what will the structure of, of Zimvi look like? In other words, what stake will Zimmer Biomet hold in Zimvi? And I've got to go right for the juggler with this question. What are you forecasting for annual revenue for Zimvi? 
Sure. So um, Zim, Zimvi will be uh, will be structured. Uh, there'll be Zimvi, and then within Zimvi, there'll be a dental division and a spine division. Each of them roughly um, have about five hundred million dollars of revenue for two thousand twenty-two. So right around a split down the middle, five hundred million dollars each. Um, and then Zimmer Biomet will hold a little bit less than twenty percent of our shares for the first year. Of, uh, and, and, and they have a, an opportunity to get out of that position uh, as they choose. But that'll be their um, their stake in Zimby. We have an independent board of directors and, and obviously an independent management team. Okay. Now, before we go into more specifics about Zimby, can you talk a little bit about your experience in MedTech and, and why this role was so appealing to you? Sure. So um, I have uh, I'm celebrating uh, approximately 30 years in, in med tech, um, and, and and really have enjoyed all of it. And I've I've really moved laterally in a lot of cases where companies have needed to um, either either turn around or put focus, or to incubate very very early technologies inside of a of, of a very big company. Each of these roles requires. Uh, a, a reset. It requires us to to set goals. It requires us to really change the um, the philosophy of the of the entity that I'm going into, and and each of them was done within a large company. So for me personally, you know, I was doing this work within a division, and if I was doing a turnaround, it was typically within the division that was not the greatest focus of the company. And I found a lot of success there because we were able to carve out our own culture. We were able to carve an identity. We were ultimately be able to grow fast, as fast or faster in some cases than the rest of the company, and uh, that was a really, really rewarding experience for me. Which, which kind of begged the question: is why, why wouldn't I do this under a bigger spotlight and and bring those same skills and that 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 same approach and attitude and and try and and, and do it on on my own with a, a albeit a, a much larger uh, spotlight. Both both the fact that we're spinning out like this. And the fact that we're public, but but really an opportunity that I just relish. I mean, this is like this is a dream come true for me, and uh, it gives me an opportunity to hire a, an outstanding executive team and 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 st- put a stamp on it in terms of culture, how we're going to be and who we're going to be and how we're going to behave with each other and with our customers. So it, it's just a it's just a perfect job for me. Yeah, yeah, and it, I can sense your enthusiasm from this, and and I've got to tell you, it's. Pretty good to, you know, we'll get into this a little bit later on in the interview, but uh, it's amazing to see so many companies spinning out because for so long we had massive consolidation in med tech. You know, I'm from the days of Covidian Medtronic, um, St. Jude Medical and Abbott Laboratories before all the big um, uh, consolidation deals happened. And it's just so amazing to see a fresh face, a new player uh, come into this, uh, come into med tech. And and I'm looking forward to to covering you over the years. Um, I want to transition now and talk a little bit about some of the the products that Zimvi will be offering and some of the big problems that you're tackling. Um, can we talk a little bit about operating in the spine and, and dental space? Sure. So we're really excited about the opportunities that that both of these these segments have. And, and much of the opportunities are um, you know market development opportunities. And when I say market development, that means that the 
the actual market for the device isn't quite as developed as it, as it needs to be. So there's much room for giving the, the products, giving patients more access to the products. I'll give you a few examples. So within, uh, within dental implants, which is the, the core driver for the, the dental business. So here's a segment where, let's just take the U.S. alone, uh, approximately 8 million people um, need a tooth replacement every year. But only about 25% of them actually get one. And the reason for that is largely um, either uh, capabilities at their the dentist that they go to or the cost of the system or time in a chair. Um, and, and typically, they, the 75% will go to an alternative um, sort of method of, of, of dealing with that with that tooth, that missing tooth. The, the best way to deal with that missing tooth is an implant. So what we've done is we've really um, automated much of the work that goes into the planning uh, for the implant placement, the surgical plan, uh, the size of the implant, the shape, et cetera, et cetera. So we've we've created something that that you'll hear a lot about, which is called digital dentistry, which is really the workflow. How does a patient come in and out, spend the least amount of time in a chair? The product is is the least amount of handled handled by um by by third parties, and and really the the opportunity is there for the for the dentist to have a very very smooth workflow at a better cost. And the patient to, to equally benefit from that too. So that that market, we need to make it simpler, we need to make it better, we need to offer more, more implants in different sizes, different shapes, different materials, all of that in order to address that 75% that doesn't get an implant. To me, that's a really fun problem to solve uh, in, in our field. When you look at spine, uh, spine's a, a very crowded market too. Both these markets are, are fairly crowded with competitors. Within oh, yeah. spine, there's a lot happening with uh, uh, with with this core and complex segment, which is which is the basics of uh, of, of spine fusions, and that's the most amount of uh, uh, surgery and procedures happen in, in that particular segment. We happen to have a couple of devices which are a, a little bit outside of that. One is uh, cervical disc uh, replacement. And we have a product called the MobiC, which is, um, you know, the, the most used, most implanted cervical disc. And instead of fusion, you you would place an artificial disc. That too is that market is is also about one third penetrated. So you've really got this this great opportunity to go and attract new users to provide more clinical evidence um, where the clinical evidence isn't there to invest in clinical evidence, all to prove that the efficacy and the du durability of uh, a cervical disc replacement is better than uh, the fusion, which is the, the, the previous way of doing it. So that's, that to me is, is a really exciting opportunity. And then the last one, which is a very, very new one, which is, you know really, really is, is an exciting one, is a device used for pediatric scoliosis. And here, You've got typically when when a child you know is is detected to have a curve in their spine, most of the time they will get um, either a brace or they'll get fused. And uh, a, a brace has has a you know in some cases limited uh, efficacy, and then and then fusion works in the sense that it it does straighten out the curve, but it doesn't leave the most movement and you know basically mobility for the for the kid. So what we've developed is. It's our, our own uh, in, invention development, which is a, a tether-like device, which is look at it as kind of like a rope, which grows with the patient. And as the patient, as the child grows, the tether puts flex onto the spine 
and and create and 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 uh, straightens out the curve. This is this is a, a really really unique uh, innovation, uh, very very novel, and leaves the kid with um, with mobility. We have we have these these children that show up at our that they're they're young adults now, but they show up having had a procedure um, either months before or years before, and it, it's just it's so inspiring for us and gives us such motivation uh, to to really participate here. It's like a value it's a value proposition built into. Uh, to our company. So those are probably the places that I'm most excited about. I've, I've probably got some more, but don't want to bore you too much. No, no, not boring at all. It, it seems that this is just, again, I have to go back to this is a passion for you and it, it's really coming through. Um, I, I want to ask now, how do you balance uh, between spinal and, and dental? How do you, they seem to be two wildly different segments, but how do you mesh those uh, segments into one cohesive company? Or maybe I'm overthinking this a bit. No, no, that's a good question. So when um, you do want to get, there are obviously different different end users, different problems to solve. Yeah, but yeah. a lot of the skills that you know we have and the experiences we've developed across our my 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 team and I um, can can really be applied to both. So there's some obvious ways where we would um, we would benefit from having them both together, which are you know uh, back office management. So we essentially integrate into one. So we have some some leverage there. We also uh, outside of the U.S. where the markets are a little bit smaller, we benefit from having both um, entities there. But in terms of day-to-day management of the problems that um, our customers face and our patients face, those two groups are separate. So we really do look at um, each of these being a uh, a distinct uh, customer set, and the problems are different. And then when the solutions when when the solutions are identified or the opportunities are identified, we look at that. And as a company, and here's a here's a benefit we have is we very dispassionately decide on the next dollar we spend across spine or dental, but we mm. don't believe that we necessarily have to equally spend 50 cents here, 50 cents there. We can actually spend with our with the greatest opportunity that's presented to us. And, and the idea there is kind of an old adage I have is, you know, the most prepared person always wins. So whoever comes with the greatest opportunity, with the with the most thought out, with the, with the best outcome for patients and for our uh, clinicians kind of gets that that scarce dollar that we have to share at that moment. Vafa, your passion is really coming through here. We can really tell that you're excited about this position and you're excited about all the things going on with Zenvi. And we'll continue to talk about Zenvi, but I want to take a moment to pause and talk a little bit about IME West 2022. Yes, IME West 2022 design automation, plastics, packaging, the intersection of advanced manufacturing meets here. Discover the latest insights and technology for your product's life cycle all under one roof. Yes, that's right. MDNM West, Westpac, ATX West, DNM West, and Plastic West. And it's all happening April 12th through the 14th at the Anaheim Convention Center in Anaheim, California. To find out more details on this great event, go to imengineeringwest.com. That's imengineeringwest.com. And now, back to our conversation with Vafa. I, I want to 
mention the C word now and at Let's Talk Med Tech. The listeners know that the C word is COVID. And, you know, we we try to go an episode without mentioning it, but but it always seems to to play a factor. I want to talk about some of these procedures and I want to talk a little bit about COVID. How does it play a factor? How does it how do you think it, it could potentially impact uh, Zenvi or is COVID really not a factor at this point? Well, COVID is, is for sure a factor. We've seen it for the last however many years that um, I like to say a year, Omar, but I know that's not right. <laughs> Just, uh, you know, it just feels like we're in our third year now, right? Yeah, it feels like it's been four or five years. I mean, I yeah. can't tell time anymore, but yeah. Totally, totally year. right. So, so if you look at it, like we learned a lot of things through COVID. So let me start with dental. So with dental, you know, basically first wave, it shut everything down. So the whole thing just went to a grinding halt. And then the dentist's office really very quickly adjusted. And they adjusted with um, really, really excellent PPE. So they had great protection for their staff. They had great protocols for their patients. And their business really resumed quickly. And I'd say today, it, 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 it again resumed pretty quickly. There was a small dip with Omicron, but then back to, back to where they were again. So, so that customer base has been able to adjust very, very well. And our business has... Um, responded equally well with, um, with despite the COVID. Now with spine, it's a little different. It's not necessarily because it's spine. Spine is an elective procedure. However, more importantly is that you've got scarce resources inside of a hospital. So if you look at how a hospital has to manage their scarce resources, they need to to, to triage and prioritize what's what's important. So when you have an, an inflow of, um, of COVID patients, obviously it takes up space. But secondarily, if if you don't leave some capacity for some urgent procedures, then you know you aren't doing the best for the community. So for that reason, if if the spine surgeons are sharing that hospital space with all those other urgent um, procedures that are unpredictable, that are not planned, uh, then you have a risk of of really really getting impacted by COVID, which is what we saw with spine. We saw a, a large impact. Now, if if spine procedures, um, like like much of orthopedic, got to move outside of the hospital into to specific um, you know specialty centers, I think you you could probably see a little bit less of an of an impact. And I and I believe that most of our customers are looking at you know if a next wave comes, how will we adjust to this the best way possible? And some of it may be trying not to utilize the scarce resources of the hospital that we use for all aspects of the community. So I think that's kind of what I see there, but but we 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 believe that some version will be around. Um, I'm optimistic that the the last response we've done pretty well, and um, and, and hoping that that's how we'll treat any any new new uh, entities that might arise. Sure, sure. I want to pay off what I set up um, earlier on in the interview and talk a little bit about these spinouts, and it seems as if there's a trend in med tech right now, Zimmer Biomed started it, if I recall, but there's a trend of uh, spin out companies. Uh, you know, we've been seeing uh, J&J, uh, GE and BD, Becton Dickinson kind of spin out companies. And I'm wondering if you can comment on this trend. And just to give you uh, some more background, I was speaking with um, 
EY's John Babbitt in January uh, on the podcast on the show. And he mentioned that the he's, he made the comment, the spin was in, meaning that more larger companies are, are looking to, to spin out companies now. And I'm uh, wondering uh, if you have any thoughts on this or, or if you could give some color to it. Sure, I'd love to. Um, actually, you know, this isn't isn't new. It's just cyclical. Right. Yeah. So if I look back at my history, you know, I started with a company called Baxter and Baxter was the biggest med tech company of the time. It is not today, but but it is. And it spun out Edwards Life Sciences. It spun out Fenwall. It spun out a company called Allegiance, which was then bought by Cardinal Health. And then Cardinal Health became one of the biggest companies and it bought a company called CareFusion, then spun it out and then spun out another other products, uh, divide, di- divisions. And then Tyco Healthcare or sorry, sorry Tyco spun out Covidian. Um, so you see this this happening over over time, and and the real reason for that to happen is at some point you may get so large that the benefit of being large is outweighed by the lack of focus. Ah. So so there's areas where where each of these companies can focus better. They can have they can have better capital allocation. They can put the right, better people into the right plus. Not not better in that a better um, employee, just a, a person more suited to that. And I think that's how I characterize Zimvi as well. We have people that are more suited to a very, very focused world versus a large company. So all of the elements that make a, a, a smaller company or a more focused company work may not work inside of a, of a larger company, which has totally different goals. So I think this is a way for, for them to really drive value. And it's a it's probably a, a statement that you know these these assets can be managed better elsewhere with uh, with greater focus. And and if we look back historically, every one of those um spin-outs, including all the, the the spins that Abbott has done over the years, have all mm. been very, very value um, accretive for uh, for any shareholders. Mm. Mm. Interesting, interesting. Well, finally, what does 2022 look like for Zimvi, the rest of 2022? How do you finish up the year? What can we look forward to? Uh, it's a pretty relaxing year, Omar. <laughs> um, well, uh, we go public. We have to, uh, you know, be independent. With independent comes uh, a ton of responsibility. Meanwhile, as we're we're setting up, you know, how the independent company is going to run and, and and all the governance, we are also um, separating to a large extent from from from. There's always going to be some elements that are still attached to the parent parent company, and and, and we need to separate those operationally. Um, and and Zimmer Biomet's been a fantastic partner through this. So. Um, you know, we're, we're separating there. So there's a lot of work to do be done there. Meanwhile, we have to really, really focus on the, the, the customers, both the, um, the clinicians and the end users and make sure that our products are fresh, are innovative and, uh, and, and really please both, uh, both those stakeholders as well as, uh, um, and if we do that right, you know, we'll, we'll have a very engaged sales, sales and, uh, um, just overall employee base. Well, Bafa, I'm looking forward to seeing the progress of Zimvi over this year and the coming years and uh, hope to have you back. Uh, this was a, a pleasant, a pleasant interview, pleasant conversation. Thanks very much, Omar. But pleasure was all mine. Uh, wish you best. And uh, I look forward to talking to you, too. Awesome. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you.